Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome again. Welcome back to the Brissonette.com, PredictorForm.com preview podcast. Big weekend of turf racing awaits. We're five weeks out from the Arlington Million, one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, but before that, we have the Stars and Stripes, a great way to end the Belmont meet as Saratoga approaches in two weeks. Belmont Derby and Belmont Oaks, and at Arlington Park, uh, some important local preps for those Arlington Million races, but we will be discussing the Belmont Derby and Oaks with Danny Zucker of Predictiform. Uh, it's interesting to get his take. Uh, in these situations, turf racing, obviously a different style of handicapping with how pace affects final time, and uh, the added wrinkle of dealing with uh, some international shippers who, of course, we don't have numbers for really their birth net or uh, predictive form, but there's plenty a handicapper can do to, to gauge the competitiveness of those fields against uh, what we do know uh, about the American type. So without further ado, we will bring uh, Danny on the air. It's been a while. Danny, how are you? Ed, what's going on? Not too much. You're at the beach? I'm at the beach, yeah. I do my weekly trip out to the Hamptons, and then I head up to opening week and uh, the spa meet. And, uh, yeah, it's been a while, but I know we're going to get back on track and try to talk, you know, weekly leading up to the uh, Saratoga meet and throughout the summer. So I'm looking forward to that. It's really quite a good card. I heard you made reference of it earlier uh, during the introduction tomorrow. But I like a lot what Naira has done, and um, they're really leading the way in terms of packing these big Saturdays. It used to be they would try to – amortize the grade ones and grade twos across the year to try to get some stretch up. But I think they figured out that if you load them up and really put these flagship days throughout the year that you can, you know, your handle can exceed that. You get, you can get some carryover and lots of goodwill from the betting public, which I think is really important, especially as you head into the, the most viable and productive meet um, in all of racing with huge handle and, you know, significant liquidity so that the computerized batch betting and the guys that are coming in late with uh, computer programs have a really uh, much more difficult time at um, moving uh, numbers in Saratoga. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I think you could sort of maybe cherry pick certain races that deserve their own day and, and are hurt by the big day mentality. But, you know, the reality is that majority of people look forward to playing Saturday or need a reason to play on Saturdays and, Mixing this up and, uh, you know, each track having a chance at a big day. Uh, I certainly enjoyed going to Thistledown for the Ohio Derby. And, you know, so yep. today you can maybe look at a track you otherwise wouldn't. Uh, Belmont not really in that position, but you put a day like this together and, you know, even the people that normally wouldn't even play uh, perk up for sure. And, and that certainly appears to be the case with this card. Uh, before we get to the, the field specifically, uh, you know, I mentioned with the International, we've talked about this before with the Breeders' Cup and the Arlington Million and some big races, uh, but, you know, obviously one of the challenges is uh, with the International horses not having the numbers that we typically most rely on. Uh, what What's your approach in terms of preparing uh, yourself for races you know the logical contenders are going to you know, be from from Europe. Yeah, so, for example, this weekend, I haven't had a heck of a lot of time to look back and check out the races from the Euros, but I, I hate to say this, but it's a crapshoot. Not all the time, but 
for the most part. Like, just take a look at Long Island Sound, whose name I love, okay? So this is how difficult it is. This is why I love the quality racing and really focus my energies on it. So the dam of uh, Long Island Sound, Treasure Trail, she made $4,000 as a racehorse, okay? She had her first offspring to street cry, and that filly made $23,000. She gets in full to Warfront, and they sell the yearling for almost a million. <laughs> so it, it, it's remarkable that Long Island Sound sits has made 23000 yet he sold for eight hundred k at the Keeneland November sale. So, uh, you know, when I, when I talk about a crapshoot, I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I, I think the, uh, the Colts race is kinder to the, the U.S. horses uh, than, the, than the Philly race, uh, which, which we'll get to. I'm not sure which one you want to start with first. No, let's start with the Colts. They put the, they put the Phillies in the feature position. We typically associate, you know, the, the marquee with, you know, the open males, but um, I'm fine with either. Yeah, let's start with the, let's start with right. the boys here. Right? All right. Uh, the boys is race eight, uh, and it does start a $500,000 guaranteed pick four, uh, suburban is between the two turf races, and then uh, a sprint race for uh, older males closes it out. The return of private zone. So, to me, a really interesting sequence. Uh, maybe one you can make a little money if you're able to to beat some of the favorites, which I think is possible, especially in the Colts race. Uh, a horse uh, some may remember from my my Derby week is Surgical Strike. I uh, really liked him in the Spiral as well. Uh, so. I'm happy we to see him take a shot at a big great one. As far as you can. <laughs> what, uh, well, we have two big fields to go over in about 20 minutes, so I'm not sure if we want to yep. go horse by horse. Uh, but, no, let's you not know, do the, that. The favorite here are, are the, the O'Brien horses and uh, Humphrey Bogart's the third choice on the morning line. Uh, Camelot Kitten is the favorite among the local horses. He won that race. Surgical Strike was in on Derby Day. Uh, I guess we could start with him just because he's the shortest price and then go from there. Uh, but uh, or I'll, I'll lean on you to, to start us off. Yeah, sure. Sure. So first off, when you look at the figures and, and the Belmont card is posted for 9.95, you can get it uh, with all the value play picks for the week, uh, for the day. Cameron... And these turf figures really vary. You have to be careful because there's such disparity and speed and distances that sometimes you'll see a high, you know, a low 80s number at five furlongs, whereas going 10 furlongs, you might only see 72. So it's a little bit harder to sift through with numbers. I do, you know, anytime Chad brings out, in this, in this case, what does he have, three, maybe three horses here, you have to be aware of that. But there's not a whole lot that says, I mean, Camelot Kittens is a, is a nice cult, but I'm not married to thinking that he's going to improve off uh, of that 70-75 uh, regression. I mean, this is going to be a quick race. He's got a couple in here. There, there's nothing in here beyond maybe Chad that gets me excited about Camelot Kitten. You know, Chad's going to get that a lot. And I think there might be uh, more valuable plays out there, albeit you can't eliminate Chad. But I do actually like one of other Chad, uh, Chad's uh, other horses in here. 
Yeah, I, I actually prefer Beach Patrol, who was runner-up to Camelot mm-hmm. Kitten uh, on that Derby undercard race. And, you know, to me, A, the difference in price sort of sticks out. And we know Chad's capable of winning with, you know, the other Chad, so to speak. B, Javier Castellano, uh, you know, there's the jockeys on this horse have certainly been capable, but, I mean, Javier is is among the best. Uh, it's, it's a huge upgrade. You know, anytime you go to that level jock at the track, he's that's his base. So 12 to 1, to me, stuck out on him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, my only knock on maybe Beach Patrol, and you, you sort of mentioned this is, uh, this, this is a big step up the class ladder. This is, you know, rated stakes placed. Uh, in the turf race at, at Churchill, and now he faces grade one company, including a bunch of other quality uh, European horses. It'll be interesting to see whether he can outrun his odds and compete at this level. He does go from Diamato to Chad, but this is a horse that I would take to see a wait-and-see approach. It looks like the spot may be a little bit more aggressive. They're probably looking for a race to run him because he hasn't raced since June. I would tend to sit off Beach Patrol, kind of watch where he settles. I mean, he could run big, but more than likely, I expect this to be a race where he sort of finds his level and maybe they step him back to a grade two in a shorter distance. The distance of 10 furlongs for three-year-old, three-year-old Colts at, um, you know, is an interesting distance because they've never gone this far. Maybe one or two has run, so you just don't know what to expect. And I think it's a, a big uh, – a big expectation, even with Chad, that Beach Patrol will outrun his odds. So I'd, I'd put him uh, on the side and take a wait-and-see wait and see approach with Beach Patrol. All right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll serve this one up to you. You know, you mentioned with the 995, you get the figures, then you get the, the race analyzer value plays. Uh, the top contender on those plays, and, and uh, the caveat there would be that does not include any analysis of the, the three Europeans. But the top contender among the U.S.-based horses uh, is Highland Sky. Uh, the comment line from the Pennine Ridge, which is the local prep for this at Belmont, seven wide, closed well. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, they're not going to want to be seven wide going a mile and a quarter. I think that was just a function of how that race shaped up, and he was, you know, 10th, 11 lengths back early. He has been closer in other races. A mile and a quarter will string him out a little bit more. Uh, certainly have to like his chances if he's able to save some ground and uh, improve with the added distance. Well, I'll first tell you why I don't like him, and it's specifically because Barkley Tag trained the horse that beat Neck of the Moon last Saturday and nosed <laughs> us out at the wire in the in the, uh, in the stakes race last weekend, which I'm still bitter about. But, uh, I, you know, one of the reasons I, I think the value plays are picking up on Highland Sky, well, there's two things. One, you can see this consistent – uh, distance of eight and a half, then moving to nine. But his last race was a pace low, meaning that he ran almost 75. Uh, while the race, while the four furlong figure was dramatically slow, and typically uh, you have to be aware of that. I, I, I that notwithstanding, again, this is the kind of race where I'm not sure how the horse is going to take to this kind of company. You're not going to be able to come seven wide in a 10 furlong race, and if you do, you're going to be cooked. Uh, you know, another one, even as a value play pick, that I would probably sit on the sideline and, you know, and just see if this is the right right spot for Highland Sky. All right. Uh, well, that's, that's good info. Uh, yeah, I mean, Barkley Tag, too, uh, looking at his 
strike rate with uh, graded stakes uh, two for 50. So, you know, granted, he's not the favorite. So it's, if, if you like him, I, you know, it's not really a deal breaker. But uh, the last horse I'll ask you about, and then we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you maybe pinpoint on one you really like, or maybe this is one you do like, but I want to know what you think because I think the 20 to 1 looks pretty juicy. Uh, and that's Aquaphobia. Uh, Lael stable homebred, that's the, the Barbaro people, Roy and Gretchen Jackson, uh, Giants Causeway, uh, out of a real quiet mare, Pussycat Dow was, was a, a grade one, uh, I don't know if grade one, but she was a, a fast sprinter, uh, so to me, sort of have the, the Giants Causeway on top, brilliant, mm-hmm. maybe some stamina, uh, and then quick underneath. I'm pretty interested in this one at, at a big price, uh, one of listed stakes at Delaware last out, just Seems like one lightly raced. If you wanted to take a shot, you're going to get the price that, you know, maybe this one can go on with it at 10 furlongs. Any insight there? Well, I'll give you sort of my, my take on it. And certainly we know the trainer uh, can step up, and he's historically run well with greater stakes races. Again, I look at a, I look at a, a colt like this, and I, I see a pattern of Tampa, Keene, and Pimlico, um, Delaware, Owner and trainer saying, okay, what do we have? Let's move the horse up a little bit. Let's move the horse up a little bit. Try to, try to find where the right spot is. And the way these races work, if you, if you know, is when, when, they, when they, put, they nominate their horse, the entries come out, at that point they can choose to run or scratch. And I think what you're seeing is a lot of horses choosing to run because a fourth or fifth place finish for, for a million, million and a quarter dollars is more than they would make by winning in a 50K race. So there's going to be a money grab here. And the money grab is why the field's so loaded. But from a, a, a figure standpoint, which, again, I, I devalue on turf, especially at this distance, I think Aquaphobia is outclassed here. I think he would need to run a lifetime, his lifetime best and move forward a half a dozen points. And with a couple unknowns shipping in, again, I, would, I think he's one that they're trying to find the spot for. This is, this is an aggressive kind of a spot. Um, and, I, again, I would, I would watch on uh, Aquaphobia. All right. Well, I'm uh... – I'm throwing some stuff up, and uh, you're not biting, so I'm 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 eager to hear who I should have baited the hook with to to get you to to, to get me to reel you in. Uh, you know, so far Highland Sky, Camelot Kitten, Beach Patrol, and Aquaphobia on the you know maybe not worth the price list, uh, which yeah. opens the door. Maybe you'll make my day and say you like Surgical Strike, uh, but but who has caught your eye? Well. I, 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 I don't know that uh, Rallis has caught my eye, Ed, but I do think Rallis, and if you, one of the things I like about the figures on turf, and again, it's a difficult thing to do to use turf figures in a race like this with three-year-olds, is it does call out where the speed is. It looks to me like Rallis is the lone speed, although if you were to look at his PPs, you would be, you would be hard-pressed to really see that. So I think, you know, we know Mario Gutierrez, we know Doug O'Neill, they tend to like the front end. I think this is going to be a case where he is going to be able to get the lead. I'm not suggesting he can stay that long, but if you're if you're a trip handicapper and you're trying to figure out where the pace is going to be, I wouldn't outguess yourself and look at who's got all the ones, but I'd point to Rayless. Uh That being said, I you know, the horse that I'm looking at, and we'll talk about the Europeans in a, in a minute, the horse that I like the best in the United States is Call Provision, the 12 horse. And the reason I like Call Provision Simply put, is that turf decline line. Turf decline line is the strongest recognition of a forward move in turf. And it basically means the horses run its slowest four furlong figure. 
with a final figure that's within a couple points of its lifetime top, albeit the horse has only raced twice. This is essentially a new pace top on turf. But instead of going really fast, you go really slow. And you, and you formulate a good number, a uh, good final figure, albeit it's not the final figure now. I just talked about class and trying to find the right spot. You look at what Chad did with Claridge Stables, and Claridge Stables is Chad's single and largest client. They run them for 60. They come right back in the Pennington Ridge, second out, second lifetime, uh, going against grade threes. He runs convincingly well. You know, there's certainly an excuse second time out. I think they do the a, a wise move here and get Ortiz off call provision because we know Ortiz has a very difficult time. Um, and, and we got frustrated with him, frankly, with Neck of the Moon, where he's not putting his horses in a, in a closer stalking position like you might see with some of the more assertive riders with like a Johnny B. He does go to Johnny B. He's got that turf decline line. He's got a couple 73s. At Belmont, I think he can forward move up a 73 to a 75, and I think he's the one that's going to outrun his odds based here in the U.S. All right. Uh, well, it's a, a good tab. I mean, I, I think this race is definitely one. I mean, we, we started with Camelot Kitten just because, you know, the one who's going to take money uh Early, or not early, who will probably be the favorite among the locals. Uh, but I'm with you. I think this is uh, definitely the type of race where you you can get a little more creative. And for me, uh, in the Oaks, I'm not creative, so uh, I, I like the option. I hadn't looked too long at, at call provision. Uh, I you know kind of looked at the other other Chad Brown with Beach Patrol, but you know based on this conversation, uh, certainly going to be one I, I make sure to add. Uh, that does bring us to the the Europeans. Uh, I will point out you know as a Brisnet user, uh, the class ratings are are helpful. Uh, they they get you in the the ballpark of you know how these horses stack up with the Americans. They typically do shade a little higher. Uh, just you know European. Turf racing viewed as better, and, and that does shake out at the Group One level. Uh, so, to me, I would say with Brisnet, you want them, you want the high, you don't want them to be even with the Americans. When someone ships over, you want to see a class rating that that basically towers over them. And for this group, mm -hmm. that's only Humphrey Bogart. The other, the O'Briens among the males, to me, are just as good. Uh, this is an example mm -hmm. like the last two years where he had a couple that clearly, you know, were competitive in, in classic races in Europe. That rolls over this. That's not the case with these two. Of the Europeans, I do prefer Humphrey Bogart in the Derby. Uh, you already mentioned the, the war fronts breeding and the sales record. That was interesting. Any other tidbits with the, this trio? Drop your phone in the sand? Yeah, I got it. Sorry, I did. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. So I, I would just jump in. And, and the thing about this Long Island Sound, I mean, you know, let's take a look. Let's look at his four races just on paper, which I hate to do, but I'm going to do. He's got his first two races are on synthetic. Two of his three wins have been against nine horses total. He's gone off at very short odds. He's got one race, and I guess you would call it grade three. Uh, what do they call it over there? Not stakes company, but... Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about in in uh, at Ascot Group One Group Three company. Uh, you know I don't know it. I mean this on paper at least, like PP wise, the horse doesn't fit. Breeding wise, the horse doesn't fit. The price they paid in the stallion, the 
workhorse sits. I, ha- I would have no idea what to do with Long Island Sound. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran lights out and ran very well. I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't compete here. And this is like their first step into the United States with a much longer play. So he's a tough horse to, you know, tough horse for me to bet on, but I'm not going to be surprised to see uh, his odds, you know, him out, hit, him run really well. So I would, again, lean towards maybe the horse you mentioned, Humphrey Bogart, and again, you know, what am I going to do with the 13? And he raced in the, uh, the big Epsom Derby over there for $2.2 million. He ran almost last. It was non-competitive. He did get uh, towed action at 14-1. to 1. He's going to use Lasix in the U.S. as a couple other horses. Um, I, I don't know what to do with him either. Coming from the way outside with Jamie Spencer, I think it's a bit of a risk back in him. Yeah, and Spencer's had some issues uh, in these races in the States. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, and I think the issue to me, Humphrey Bogart, uh, if it's fast, uh, that race two back, uh, which was only a, a listed stake, the Derby trial, but uh, he's caught soft ground the last two times. Uh, if you look at races that weren't on soft ground on the turf, he's, he's performed okay. Uh, he's definitely yeah. the one of the, of the three I prefer, uh, and I think you said it with Long Island Sound. I mean, he was odds-on in those two wins in Ireland, and yet off that, O'Brien still only sent him to a group three uh, at Royal Ascot, which, you know, Royal Ascot's still big time, but I feel like if he were anything, he would have been in a different kind of race rather than there, and at 9-2, to two, uh, he was no match for the winner, who granted did come back to win, but... I just think you could try to beat him here. Uh, where I won't try to beat O'Brien, the segue to the other race we're going to talk about, is the Belmont Oaks. To me, Bally Doyle, if the ground is fast, I just don't see anyone who can run with her. Uh, she's by Galileo out of a Stormcat mare, so no concerns with the distance. Uh, you know, a Group 1 winner at a mile, uh, caught soft in Chantilly, I'm willing to throw that out. I just think if the ground's fast, she's the best of these. What do you expect her odds will be? Uh, you know, I mean, I can't imagine. Well, catch a glimpse is in here. I really think Bally Doyle is going to be the favorite, even with catch a glimpse. So I would flip them. I mean, she's probably nine to five or two to one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, so. I don't disagree with you, though. I, I do want to point out a couple horses that I think can outrun the Razet. Yeah, absolutely. The, the first one that looks interesting to me to maybe out, outrun her odds is Chad's uh, Noble Beauty. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of horse that Terry would say has done nothing wrong, and you, know, you can see it on paper from a figure perspective. Again, albeit these are in other racetracks, and Gulfstream comes up fast. She's got 370 numbers. She's got a pace low last out. Um, and certainly could run decently. I also think Anthony Joy. I point out the uh, turf decline line. It's the slowest four for a long figure of a lifetime, followed with, uh, with an almost top in, on the turf and very much the new pace top, if you will, for the turf. What's interesting about that is she went wire to wire. So in a case where it was her slowest four furlong effort, she still was able to go wire to wire, which is not logical, but it's the way it works on turf. This would be an even more impressive race as a turf decline line with a front-running victory. You rarely see it because the four furlong figure is so slow. And in a four furlong, in a race like this with a four furlong figure that is so slow, um, 
the fact that she was able to hold on, go to the lead, and hold on to the lead is, I think, uh, a positive sign, however illogical it sounds. So that might be another one I would look at. All right, and uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention Ketcher Glimpse, who, as I said, I don't think will end up being the favor because O'Brien yeah. looks pretty tough. But seven in a row, uh, lost her career debut off the track at Saratoga, or excuse me, off the turf at Saratoga, undefeated on the turf, uh, including the Breeders' Cup against some European shippers uh, at Keeneland. Uh, to me, though, I would say, honestly, would be vulnerable with or without Aiden O'Brien in this race. Certainly his presence mm -hmm. makes her even more so. Uh, but to me, uh, you know, whether it's two or three to one, she's no bargain. Well, uh, I'm not betting this race. And if you want to know on Catch My Glimpse, if you look at the last four races, uh, three to five, three to five, three to two, and Eight to five, I bet on against her every race. So uh, <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> and this is the kind of horse that I will bet against every single time off a big winning streak, continually put up big numbers. You can't think she can do it. And she continues to break through her tops and continues to win, even though, she, to me, you know, there's no way a horse like this should be able to do what she did, which is win as the favorite. So, uh, I can't not catch a glimpse. You know, a horse like this, I've learned my lesson. I've licked my shot. She's cost me a lot of money. I probably would stay away from the race. Um, and again, you know, catch my catch a glimpse wins. Uh, I'm not going to be this time betting against her. To me, this, this is a, a potential career-making race for her. I mean, it's a grade one mm -hmm. uh, against some decent horses. And, you know, really to date among the three-year-olds, uh, especially the Phillies, Songbird, Catherine Sophia, Karina Mia, have had all the, the headlines. If she wins this, I mean, to me, she's right there with, with Songbird. Uh, so, you know, it, it would be exciting to, to see her do it. Uh, she'll do it without my backing. Uh, you mentioned you're laying off the race. I'm not sure how much I'll do with it once we get to the race. I'm definitely keen uh, to single Bally Doyle in the pick four, though, uh, and I want to go mm -hmm. deep in that, that Belmont Derby. Uh, you and I both mentioned some prices we're interested in. Uh, ha have you had a chance to look yet at the Suburban or the uh, whatever the sprint they're calling now, uh, the uh, Belmont Sprint Championship, some well, new yeah, name, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, I did, I did take a quick look at the Belmont Sprint Championship, and, uh, you know, I think I'll, I'll look at a a possible singular or single play with marking. And, you know, we, we were on marking uh, last out off a new pace top off six months rest. Um, the horse raced well. I mean, you know, certainly didn't win and didn't run to the odds we expected. But in hindsight, I probably, you know how I've talked about here, I want to take a wait and see approach to see where a horse gets marked. I should have done that. And that was a mistake that I made with marking. You know, they ran, ran her back into grade one metropolitan right away. Off that six-month layoff, they didn't try to find a spot for her. They just said, oh, we're just going to run them against, against the best horses at this distance in the country. Um, so I think, you know, in a sense, this is almost a, a grade three. This is a dropping class. Another new pace top, back-to-back -back new pace tops for marking. Um, final figures are uh, regression just a tad where the fourth furlong figure is improving. I, I would lean towards marking in this race, Ed. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, fourth by 16, but uh, 14 of those lengths were <laughs> between Frosted and the, the runner-up. And uh, he gets in here at 116, uh, so he's, mm-hmm. he's getting some significant weight uh, from uh-huh. pretty much all the, the real contenders. So I, I like that pick a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, I'm going to stick with Kieran in the Suburban as well. Uh, that Belmont week for Kieran was fantastic. Uh, granted, that was a month ago, so I'm hesitant to say, oh, he's hot. Uh, we've had a few weeks between. Uh, but to me, the horses he's pointing for races are running, as you would expect. Uh, you mentioned marking. To me, Mubtaish, uh fits that. Uh, he's had this one mm-hmm. since the Dubai World Cup. I love the bullet two-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the maintenance work before this one, uh, to me, I think he could fire his best shot. He won't be the favorite. And Shaman Ghost uh, is another one I think is, is getting good at the right time, to, to use a cliche. Uh, but we know he can handle a mile and a quarter. Uh, so to me, that, that has him factoring here as well. So two and three in the Suburban uh, for me. Excellent. Great, great day of racing. You're really going to be excited. Um, and I look forward to catching up with you next week. All right. Yeah, next week we'll have the opening week of Del Mar, and uh, not sure if that's where we'll land for our race, but uh, definitely going to make this uh, a weekly feature leading up to the Breeders' Cup, so good to, to get back in that practice. And uh, in addition to the 995 you mentioned for the Belmont card, as any card is, at predictaform.com, uh, summer racing coming, 99.95 for all of Del Mar or all of Saratoga or get them both for uh, 149.95. So uh, yeah, check yeah, that out for real- the summer. And, yeah, it's a great deal. I, I was going to say we're being real aggressive and trying to bring in um, – I we think it's just the best time to bring in new players into the game, new players to our product. And for three bucks a day, you can get Del Mar. Actually, I think my math's off. Two fifty a day, you can get Saratoga or Del Mar for the meet. And even if you don't play every day, it's still got a lot of value. And I, I think, and I could say, based on the horses that I know and and what I've seen from uh, Chad and Todd, this Saratoga meet is going to be insane this year. And I mean, these are the races that we are going to see. All of these horses are going to come back with the exception of maybe the Arlington Million, million grabbing some horses, they're all going to be back in Saratoga sometime between the middle and end of, uh, end of August. It's going to be a, a tremendous summer racing season. Yeah, really really looking forward to it. Uh, Saratoga, the, the crown jewel for sure, but uh, good racing with Chrome coming back on the West Coast, uh, the Million uh, at Arlington, some various derbies in the Midwest. Uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have fun. Hopefully we'll have some good opinions as well. And we'll keep it going next week. And Mr. Z running in claiming races. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he's going to stand at Calumet. Is he really? I know. I'm just teasing. He's actually yeah. quite a good horse. No, I hear you. So, all, all right. right. Well, uh, hopefully uh, we'll good have some winners to crow about next week. And enjoy the beach. All right, that's Danny Zucker, everyone, uh, from Predictiform. Again, visit them for some good deals on summer racing. Brisnet has some deals going on as well uh, for PPs and daily selections throughout the meet. That's at brisnet.com slash summer. Uh, but most importantly, looking forward to talking to everyone next week.